Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner. Eats. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the Canola Council of Canada is supporting the federal government for joining the dispute settlement consultation with Mexico on agricultural biotechnology. We'll hear from Chris Davison, who is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Industry Relations for the Canola Council. A commodity futures advisor with PI Financial describes the performance of wheat futures over the last two weeks as trading sideways. We'll hear from Adam Piccolo, who is based out of Winnipeg. A spokesman for the Water Security Agency in Saskatchewan says its agricultural water stewardship policy remains in development. Patrick Boyle will be on the program. And Manitoba Agriculture has issued its latest crop pest update. Provincial entomologist Dr. John Gavlosky will tell us about what's going on with insects in Manitoba. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, we have a mainly sunny sky here in the Yorkton area today, and our temperatures are pretty close to normal for this time of year. Yeah, you could almost call it a pretty almost perfect day. We'll choose one of those words. They don't really go well together. Uh, but it, just, it is very nice right now. We have uh, areas of smoke to our west. We have areas of showers to our east. Uh, there are, in fact, some heavy showers, uh, some stronger thunderstorms and heavy downpours east of Winnipeg. So that's long gone. Ridge of high pressure is in control, and it's going to leave us with this pretty tranquil air mass. It is allowing that smoke, though, to creep in. We do still have uh, quite a bit of wildfire um, moving around in the atmosphere to the west. Uh, the, the wildfire is and the smoke is moving in. The wildfire is causing the smoke. The smoke is moving around in the atmosphere around the high. Our wind direction right now, being more of a northeasterly direction, is not going to pull smoke in. There's just not enough if uh, an issue in Ontario or, or northern Manitoba, it's all to the west, so that northeast wind is uh, pretty good for us in that regard. 
on the western edge of the high. That's why we're seeing the smoke in western portions of the province. So doesn't mean it's going to slide in here. Even though the high does move eastward, it's a very slow progression, likely not enough to cause any concern. Maybe by the end of the weekend, we'll start to watch for some of that smoke to creep in here. But in the meantime, uh, not an issue for us. Temperature around 25 this afternoon. Wind from the north to northeast, 15 to 25. We've seen gusts over 30, 35 at times. That'll continue through the afternoon. The gusts drop off this evening. The wind drops off by tomorrow morning. A clear sky with a low of 11. That's because the air is dry. It has just as much chance to cool off as it does warming up very quickly through the day. Tomorrow, another day of the uh, nearly perfect conditions. 24 degrees, sunshine, just a gentle breeze tomorrow. And another night of 11 degrees with a clear sky tomorrow night. Sunday, sunshine. The wind goes into the southwest. That's why I'm thinking watch some areas, not everybody, but some of us, especially areas south and west of York and getting into some of that smoke. Uh, 27 degrees the high on Sunday. Temperatures do come up quite a bit into Monday. We're back above 30 under a mostly sunny sky. And Tuesday, likely dry. There is a front approaching. It'll get here probably into the evening and nighttime, and that's when the chance of showers will be. So daytime, we're likely okay on Tuesday. 29 is the high. Chance of showers, for, though, for evening and through the night as well. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at 20 degrees. Swan River, 21. Dauphin, Show Lake, Russell, Roblin, 22. Brandon, 23. Regina, Saskatoon, and Indian Head are all reporting in at 23. Hudson Bay, 20. Broadview Mooseman, 22. Winyard Wadena Kelvington, 21. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky. Uh, North-northeast wind at 22, gusting to 35 kilometers an hour. 52% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 22 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of 27 degrees and dropped to a low of 17 degrees. There was 0.9 millimeters of rain that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 21 degrees. The normal low is 9 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 4.35 this morning and it will set at 9.03 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hot spot was Grand Rapids at 32 degrees. The cold spot was Churchill at 7. The Saskatchewan hot spot was Hudson Bay at 31 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake at 5. Beef and Forage Report. The Canadian National Angus Association Convention and Annual General Meeting is being held through tomorrow in Saskatoon. Representatives from across the country are in the province. Michelle Sauter is chair of the National Angus Convention Organizing Committee. Besides the um, national directors, each of the provincial provinces send a rep with their president and or secretary that attend some meetings and do some brainstorming sessions. It's a great opportunity once a year for provincial associations to get together, any delegates, and um, brainstorm in meetings on Thursday morning. Then Thursday afternoon, start all of the tours for the weekend. Sauter talks about some of today's tours. 
we start by heading out to Colvett to tour the livestock and forage centre of excellence. And then in the afternoon, we're heading to Norheim. They've opened up their yard for us, and we will have some cattle pens on display. Quite a few Angus breeders are bringing in pen displays for cattle viewing. Then they're going to have some demonstrations on some equipment. The highlight comes tomorrow night with a major fundraiser auction called Building the Legacy Sale. It will be broadcast online at the LMS, so please tune in to watch it online. And all of that, all of the items are donated. So we have pick of the 2023 heifer calves. We have a red Angus pick from wheel, donated by Wheeler Stock Farm and a black Angus um, heifer calf pick of the 2023 heifer calf donated by Flurry Cattle Company. We have um, frozen genetics donated by a numerous breeders and we have flushes. So there's lots of genetics to choose from. That will all be broadcast live on DLMS at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. EX94, AgriView. There's a report that a potential merger between Bungie Limited and Viterra is imminent. Sources told Reuters that Viterra's shareholders, which include Glencore, Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, and British Columbia Investment Management Corporation, may sign off on the deal as soon as this weekend, and an announcement might be made next week. However, they did caution that the deal could fall apart just as quickly. Sources also told Reuters Bungie will pay for most of the deal with stock, but will also use cash and has lined up debt financing from banks. Furthermore, Bungie's management team would oversee the combined company. Should the deal be approved and all other hurdles cleared, it has the potential to create an agricultural trading giant worth more than $30 billion. Regina ag implement maker Dagelman Industries has bought into the grain bagging and grain milling equipment business with a deal for Alberta manufacturer Wren Mill Center. Degelman says it recently bought the Lacombe, Alberta company for an undisclosed sum and will keep Wren's existing employees and management in place. In business for about 60 years, Wren's product lines include grain baggers, grain bag unloaders, roller mills, hammer mills, and bagger mills, which it sells through dealers across Western Canada and exports to over 25 countries, including the U.S., U.K., Australia, and Ireland. Wren also serves as the Western Canada distributor for U.S. manufacturers, including Wisconsin forage equipment maker H&S Manufacturing, Kentucky-based Ideal Postpounders, and Iowa grain conveyor maker Unitube. Russia says there would be a negative impact on the fate of a Black Sea grain deal from a blast which damaged a pipeline used to export Russian ammonia via Ukraine that Moscow wants restarted. The Togliati-Odessa pipeline, 
which once pumped up to 2.5 million metric tons of ammonia annually for global export to Ukraine's Pivdeni port on the Black Sea from Togliadi in western Russia, has lain idle since the start of the war in February of last year. Russia has accused Ukrainian forces of blowing up a part of the pipeline, the world's longest carrying ammonia, in Ukraine's Kharkiv region on Monday. The regional Ukrainian governor said Russia had shelled the pipeline on Tuesday. Russia has threatened to walk away from the Black Sea grain deal on July 17th if demands to improve its own food and fertilizer exports are not met. Dry conditions and low soil moisture reserves in key Australian growing regions, along with expectations for developing El Nino weather patterns, are expected to cut into that country's pulse production in 2023-24. That's despite steady to higher seeding intentions for several crops, according to the latest crop report from the Australian Bureau of Agricultural and Resource Economics and Sciences. Seeded lentil and pea seedings in that country are forecast to dip by only 1,000 hectares each on the year at 645,000 hectares and 197,000 hectares respectively. However, lentil production is forecast to drop by 36 percent at 905,000 metric tons, while the pea crop is forecast to be down by 26 percent at 233,000 metric tons. A Brazilian Supreme Court justice has asked for more time to study a case pitting the country's indigenous people against its powerful farm sector. It's a decision that is likely to give lawmakers more time to pass a measure favoring big agriculture. The decision by the justice represents a setback for the rights of Brazil's roughly one million indigenous people. The proposal would impose a cutoff date for ancestral land claims. It has already been approved in the lower house and awaits a vote in a newly conservative Senate. If it passes Congress, all eyes would turn to leftist President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who has the power of veto. Lula has staked his global reputation on protecting indigenous rights and preserving the environment, but he is also increasingly reliant on the ag sector to drive domestic growth. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny and 22 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The Canola Council of Canada is supporting the federal government for joining the dispute settlement consultation with Mexico on agricultural biotechnology. The consultation was initiated last week by the United States under the Canada-United States-Mexico Agreement, and Canada joined today as a third party. Chris Davison is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Industry Relations for the Canola Council of Canada. Yeah, we, we are supportive and very much welcome uh, the announcement from the Government of Canada uh, this morning. Um, our interest here is, uh, comes from the fact that uh, Mexico is a leading market for Canadian canola. It was valued at about uh, $1.6 billion in, in 2022 and, and is in fact uh, 
Canada's largest uh, agri-food export uh, to that country. So uh, we're supportive of the government's efforts, and really it's around re-establishing some certainty and predictability uh, in terms of our trade relationship with Mexico. He's afraid that if GM corn is banned from Mexico, GM canola could be next. In order to continue to serve the Mexican market, we need to have regulatory systems in place that are going to support getting those innovations you referred to, including products of ag biotechnology, uh, authorized in those markets so that we can in turn put them in the hands of uh, Canadian canola growers to meet the demand that's there. Davison says GM corn in Mexico had never been an issue until the last few years. And so historically, Mexico has been one of the world's uh, main importers of GM crops. And uh, we noticed a few years back, uh, going back to almost around 2018, uh, we started to see some changes in the regulatory system, specifically as it relates to um, uh, approvals of uh, uh, biotechnology food products. And so we started to see those changes uh, around that time. More recently, as you pointed out, uh, it's been linked with uh, um, GM corn. Uh, but we did see a queue of products across multiple crops that started to build in the sense that we weren't getting the timely approvals that we had seen previously. So that's where the interest is. He doesn't believe Mexico is ignoring the science that proves GM corn is safe. Uh, I don't think that's the case. As I said, historically, they've been one of the world's main importers of GM crops. So I think there are other, um, other interests uh, driving activity in this space. Uh, we certainly know that... Um, Corn and and uh, the the cultural uh, strong cultural uh, crop and their strong interest in uh, domestic varieties that they have there. Uh, but the point here is that we need to have clear, predictable uh, science and risk based approaches to regulation across all crops and commodities. And that's where the interest from Canada and our interest specifically in terms of canola comes. But Davison wouldn't speculate on why there's been a shift in Mexican policy in recent years. I'm not going to speculate on that. And really, I think um, the source of it is, is uh, less of a concern. Uh, the fact that it's been brought forward by, by the government of Mexico when we started to experience uh, some irregularities where previously uh, we had a predictable system, uh, that's really the driver. So we're less concerned about the source, but certainly want to work with uh, the government of Mexico and other stakeholders to return to uh, a situation of uh, a predictable science and, and risk-based approach to, uh, uh, to regulation and specifically to considering uh, products of agricultural biotechnology. He simply hopes that the GM corn issue can be resolved soon. Yes, that's correct. And, and this latest action that was announced by the U.S. last week and then supported by uh, the Government of Canada's announcement uh, today uh, is also under Kuzma, under the dispute um, settlement provisions. Uh, but this is a, a consultation. And so, uh, you know, recently there were some positive signals from Mexico uh, in this regard. And what we're hoping is that these consultations can deliver more formal and substantive assurance that's required to provide that clarity and certainty about the regulatory approach moving forward. So we're very hopeful. And Davison offered these final comments. Uh, just know that, as, as I, I said a minute ago, the significance of the Mexican market for Canadian canola, it's a very valued market uh, for us. And so, uh, you know, the, uh, the move to get a speedy resolution to this uh, is where our interest comes from, and uh, we're hopeful that the uh, announcement from the Government of Canada today will support that. Um, it becomes critically important that we have these uh, regulatory approaches that are grounded in this science uh, 
um, in order to make sure that we can continue to put innovations in the hands of uh, farmers, and in this case, canola farmers, we need those innovations to contribute to food security challenges, to help us address uh, climate-related production issues, and remain competitive and profitable. And, and that's what we're looking to, uh, to get from the process. Chris Davison is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Industry Relations for the Canola Council of Canada. It's Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for August closed at 171.85 today. That's down 40. October live cattle closed at 174.80, up 10. August feeder cattle closed at 239 even. That's up 35. September feeder cattle closed at 241.70, up 22. July lean hogs closed at 89.62, up 242. August lean hogs closed at 83.95, up 152. And that's the livestock market conditions. Closed up across the board today. July canola closed at 685.90, up $6.10. November canola closed at 664.90 up $8.60. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 811 and 3 quarters, down 4 cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 797 and 3 quarters, down 7 cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 630 and a quarter, that's up 4 cents. July corn closed at 604 and a quarter, down 6 cents. July soybeans closed at 1386 and a half. That's up 23 and a quarter cents. July oats closed at 358 and a half, up 2 and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Manitoba Agriculture has issued its latest crop pest update. Provincial entomologist Dr. John Gavlowski says Foliar insecticide applications for flea beetles are occurring. There is, especially the northwest, some of the fields there, there seems to be some high numbers. But overall in the province, levels seem less than the past few years. I think in a lot of areas, the canola was able to grow quickly through those um, seedling stages in the first couple of true leaf stages. So there is some foliar spraying going on, but again, in perspective, I don't think it's as much, in most areas anyway, as in the past few years. He says there's been some cutworms reported as well. Yes, and once again, it's, it's spotty. There, there has been some spraying for cutworms. There's been a variety of different species that we're finding. There's a dingy cutworm seems to be a common one, and it's one that will, it's a climbing cutworm. It climbs up on the plants and does a lot of feeding. They'll sometimes eat the leaves off, but it doesn't cut the plants at surface level like the redback cutworms do. We're seeing a little bit of redback cutworm, and we also saw earlier um, a species called army cutworm, which is an interesting one. Um, they move in as adults in late summer, lay eggs, larva over winter, and you get really early feeding from the larva. And then they pupate quite early, and now they're already moths and they're heading back. Uh, west, they actually go to the Rockies to spend uh, the summer where in the higher elevations. And then there's a return journey in the, the late summer. 
anyway, so anyway, we, uh, bottom line, we've had a variety of different cutworm species this year, a little bit of a spotty spring. Again, nothing as severe as a couple of years ago when we had a much more widespread problem with them. Dr. Gavlosky notes there are still reports of aster leafhoppers in western Manitoba. We did have a population blow in. They seem higher in the western part of the province. And right now we're finding them in some of the roadside grasses, cereal crops. They will move into a lot of different hosts during the uh, season. In some of the crops, they have very visual um, symptoms if they're carrying uh, a pathogen called aster yellows. And it can make the plant grow in deformed ways. In canola, you get pods that are kind of a purpley color and bladder shaped and don't fill properly. And, which, and it's very visual, so if you even have a couple percentage of your plants with it, it looks horrible. In some case, in many cases, it's not economical. There, there are exceptions to that, um, but it really does get people concerned when it gets into canola. So I know there's a lot of concern over that, and uh, people are just keeping an eye on the numbers in their other crops because of uh, those concerns. He adds that more diamondback moths are being spotted as well. They are, and now they're one that is showing up more in the eastern part of the province. Our trap counts, we, we put up a network of pheromone-baited traps across the province, and our highest counts right now are in the eastern part of the province. Areas around uh, Beauxager, White Mouth, those are the highest counts right now. But also in the Altona area, in the central region, there's some uh, higher counts. So we'll Canola growers, especially in the east central region, uh, in a week or so when we would expect to start seeing the larvae, might be something to just do a little bit of extra scouting for. So far in the west of the province, though, counts have been quite low for the diamondback moth traps. Dr. John Gavlosky notes that Manitoba agriculture is participating in a pea leaf weevil survey. Pea leaf weevil, it's a newer insect in the province. It's been here for a few years. The populations seem to have built in the western part of the province. And what we're trying to do is track how far east it has spread and relatively what the populations are like from the east to the western part of the province. Some people are reporting a lot of feeding notches in the pea leaves in the western part of the province. What they do is right now the adult weevil that's out, and they make these semicircular notches in the pea leaves. And it's very visual. That doesn't do much to the plant, but it's something that we can at least rate uh, levels with. Uh, the damaging stage is actually the larva. They feed on nodules on the roots of the plant. Nodules are what fixes nitrogen for the peas and faba beans. And if you lose too many nodules, you don't get as much nitrogen in the plant. That's the whole issue with this insect. But right now we're doing a survey where we're counting the feeding notches in the leaves and trying to... Uh, track the distribution of this insect. If any agronomist or even farmer is interested in doing this, they they certainly can participate in our survey. In our crop pest update, we I put a link to the protocol and a data sheet in there. And what it involves is just having a close look at your peas and looking for those feeding nodules or the feeding notches in the leaves and just recording how many you're seeing per plant and whether you're seeing any on the family for the plant. And uh, if anyone's interested, they certainly can participate, send me the data, or give me a call, or the Manitoba 
uh, pops of soybean growers, one of their agronomists, Laura Smith, is very heavily involved and is doing some uh, surveying in the western part of the province. They can call Laura as well. Dr. John Gavlosky is the provincial entomologist for Manitoba Agriculture, and he's based in Carmen. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in one minute's time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. As the Bank of Canada raises interest rates to fight inflation, a market analyst says various commodities are facing deflation. Errol Anderson is with ProMarket Communications in Calgary. The central banks are not taking that into any consideration. Like when you look at global steel prices, copper prices, they're really in a, in a downward trend. And, and crude oil, I know Saudi Arabia is trying to keep this crude oil price up, but they're having difficulty in, in all honesty. Anderson makes this end of spring forecast for fall. Diesel prices are going to, to me, will weaken going into the fall market. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see this crude oil market move down towards $60 a barrel despite these uh, production cuts. And it may force the producers to actually hike their production because they're losing so much revenue. So these will be some interesting times over the next few weeks. Errol Anderson is with ProMarket Communications in Calgary. It's now coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly sunny, winds north-northeast at 15 to 25, gusting higher at times, and a high of 25 degrees. For tonight, clear skies, winds east-northeast at 15 to 25, a low of 11. For tomorrow, sunny, winds east-northeast at 10 to 20, a high of 24, an overnight low of 11. For Sunday, sunny, winds southwest at 10 to 20, a high of 27. For Monday, mainly sunny, a high of 31 and Tuesday mainly sunny with a 20% chance of a late-day shower, a high of 29. In the Paw, it's 20 degrees, Swan River 21, Dauphin, Show Lake Russell and Roblin 22, Brandon 23. Regina, Saskatoon and Indian Head all reporting in at 23, Hudson Bay 20, Broadview Mooseman 22, Winyard Wadena Kelvington, 21. The Yorkton Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a west to northwest wind at 22, gusting to 35 kilometers an hour. 52% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 22 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again on Monday at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. CJGX Yorkton, a Harvard Media radio station serving Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We are GX94.
The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.